Welcome to the Toxic Confidence Podcast. You guys, we have such a fun episode today with one of my favorite people. I've known Chloe for so many years now. Um, and she's so much fun, first off, and she's always bubbly. She has great personality and she's beamingly confident, which is what this whole podcast is about, is bringing on confident ass people to help us go through what we're going through. So the topic that we are going to go and dive deep into today is yo-yo dieting, fad dieting, and finding balance. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is a topic that I could pop off about, as we will. So let's get it done. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Okay, so what was the first diet or like fad diet or dieting style that you ever did? Oh, man. I started dieting from a very young age. I grew up with a lot of food sensitivities. I was that quote unquote bubble kid. Um, And yeah, I was like six years old when I got diagnosed with food allergies. And so I couldn't eat anything. So, I mean, in terms of like diets, it wasn't a choice, but I had to start being on a really restrictive diet from the age of six. I thankfully grew out of most of my food sensitivities, but that definitely didn't set me up in terms of um, having a good relationship with food from a young age. Yeah, I can I can only imagine that being a negative, um, not, yeah, negative impact. I'm going to use the word impact. I feel like that's the correct term there um, with your relationship with food for sure, right? I've seen you go like into preps, out of preps. I think a lot of the times you've gone into preps and then realize, okay, this is not this is not good for me. This is putting me back into those mental spaces and blocks with food and the relationship with food. Hey. Yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from categorizing food as good and bad. And when we put that kind of connotation on food, um, it really, really negatively can impact our psyche. I know from a young age, I was told, you know, you can't eat these things. These are bad for you. These will hurt you. And that translated into the rest of my life. Um, So when I would go into a prep, you know, and I would start on a meal plan or a really restrictive diet, that whole line of thinking would be triggered over and over again. And for me personally, definitely wasn't healthy. Yeah. I know a lot of, I know a lot of women that definitely go through that and they're like, oh, I'll just like, I'll fix up my diet for a little bit. And then I go into a prep or they get those bad relationships with food because they've done prep for the Mm -hmm. first time, or even just dieting for the first time or like wanting to get in shape. And I know, thankfully, we, I feel like we're starting to really get into a culture of being comfortable and promoting balance, like in a balanced lifestyle, like Mm -hmm. even for myself when I prep or, you know, want to tighten up for a photo shoot or a vacation or whatever it is or whatever it is just to make yourself happy. I don't do it in a restrictive, like crazy way at all. I don't diminish any foods. I don't take anything out of my diet. I just manipulate the expenditure of what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and so many women experience from such a young age and men as well, um, the pressure of looking a certain way, fitting into a certain category. And that's one of the, I think, best things that has come out of the body positivity movement is 
learning how to love yourself mm-hmm. for the way that you look. Not necessarily saying, hey, I'm never going to change anything. No. But it is having that uh, grace for yourself that it doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because I as well started dieting as well because of allergies. And also I had a really strict gymnastics coach who was like, okay, you're only allowed fat Fridays, which was like quote unquote bad foods. Mm -hmm. So like fries, popcorn was considered a bad food, like things that you would think, okay, that's not really a big deal. Mm -hmm. We're all considered bad foods. And I definitely did bring a lot of that into um, my adulthood as well. But also because I was so restricted from a very young age, I was a binger when I first moved to the city and I was around all these different things. Cause I grew up in a town too, that didn't have fast food, didn't have like anything like that. So when I first moved to the city, I put on probably like 15 or 20 pounds because I was just eating all this stuff that didn't react with my body as well. Yeah. I remember when I moved to Vancouver and I found my first 24 hour bakery, I was like a kid in a candy store, except I was 18. And I had (laughs) zero self-regulation when it came to the fact that I would get off work at the restaurant and it would be 2 a.m. And I'd be like, I'm going to go eat three cheesecake brownies. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, right? And I think that is something that um, we can definitely touch on is the Mm self-regulation. That is going to be your number one thing when it comes to you know, having a healthy relationship with food, understanding that, okay, we can have these treats and certain things, just not every single day and all the time. And granted, there are people that can eat garbage or whatever, quote unquote, bad food all the time and have no issues at all. But lots of people are still going to have the problems with their gut and their mental health and things like that with clouding it up with the bad sugars and fats and things like that. And I'm not saying fat as in good fats. I'm saying like the cholesterols and the bad oils and LDLs. Yeah. And I think it really, really comes down to everyone's personal journey. I think is what you're saying is that, you know, what one person can do, maybe another person can't. What one person considers a bad food might be a bad food for their digestion, for their mental health, for them to wake up the next day and not feel sluggish or tired or have, you know, absolutely zero cognition. And somebody standing next to them could eat the exact same food and it wouldn't impact them at all. Mm -hmm. And also mentally and emotionally too, because of so much guilt surrounding those quote unquote bad foods, sometimes the mental and emotional effects of consuming those foods are just as detrimental as the physical effects that you might experience because of the way that you feel about yourself when you eat those foods and the way that you've been conditioned to feel. A hundred percent. And that's a, we talk about this lots on the other episodes of the podcast of just trauma in all forms. And I feel like there is a ton of trauma in relation to food and dieting or like, I feel like women are so preconditioned also to be like, okay, I'm going on vacation. I need to crash diet. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I've been there. (laughs) So have I. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the scenarios associated with that. Like I remember, um, being a kid going into a dressing room and putting on a bikini Mm -hmm. and just even that concept in itself, putting on a bikini and looking in the mirror and being like, Oh, I'm so down on myself. And that was the trigger from a young age to start dieting too. And it's because of, you know, all of the super, um, 
edited and uh, glamorized images that we see in social media. Um, you know, growing up for me, there was only one type of body type that was ever mm. um, that was ever portrayed on TV. So if I didn't look like that, I was so down on myself. And then vacation, crash diet, eating a thousand calories and doing cardio seven days a week was yes. my path. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And it's it's actually so crazy because I bet you every single person that's going to listen to this is going to have a similar experience mm-hmm. to us. Like it's so hard to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Like it it just truly is. And in terms of you, we were talking about this earlier before we hopped on here, your string analogy when mm-hmm. it comes to food, supplements, anything around dieting. You want to touch on that, your string situation here? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually a point that one of the facilitators in um, one of my classes brought up. And it's um, the idea surrounding health, nutrition, um, mental health specifically, that, you know, there's never a one size fits all answer. It's like going up to somebody and having a piece of string in your hand and asking them, how long is this piece of string? And they're going to look at you and be like, well, I can't see the string. You know, how big is it? And that's the answer to all of the health and nutrition questions is that it's individual. If you don't know the background of someone or what they've experienced, them finding their balance is going to be very different from you finding your balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think is very good that you touched touched on that, too, is so many people go into finding online coaches now mm-hmm. that don't also pick up on the emotional emotional aspects that you have with training. Or even when I had brought my trainer on here, I was like, mm-hmm. what about um, gym anxiety? And he's like, I didn't even think to ask my clients about gym anxiety because mm-hmm. I don't have it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are so many um, emotional and trauma triggers and things like that that I think we also need to look into in terms of picking a good coach or mm-hmm. someone that's a good fit for us mm-hmm. when it is um, such a personal experience. Oh, yeah. And like when I bring on a new client, we sit down and we have a Zoom session and we just get to know one another because it's also important for the coach to vibe with their client and to know Mm -hmm. where their client is coming from, because there's going to be so many scenarios where as, you know, a nutritionist or a personal trainer or um, whatever kind of like body manipulation, I guess, category, you can say that you are employed in, um, that things will be out of your scope and it's important to refer out. Yes. And that's a big reason why I decided to go into counseling because as a nutritionist, I can tell you probably like two out of the three people that would come to me saying, Hey, I want to hire you as a nutritionist have some sort of background in disordered eating. Mm. And even though, you know, you can make a recommendation on food plans and or macros or meal plans for people when it comes to the mental and emotional side of things, that is what is going to shift behavior change and behavior change is the root of, you know, (laughs) seeing changes in your body composition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's so exciting for you to get into, you get into that. I think that's going to be such a good fit for you. That's like my girlfriend, Jessa, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, um, she just finished her master's in psychology and I've tried to link her with personal trainers, physiotherapists, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff in Calgary as well, because as much as like a physical body manipulator can do so much work for you, mm-hmm. you need someone that's going to attach you, attach 
and work with you on an emotional and psychological level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and you can flip the coin as well, right? Digging into trauma is exhausting. It can be so hard on both your brain and your body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have things in place to support yourself. All those self-care things, whether that is breath work, going for walks, or eating a healthy diet for your body. All of that kind of stuff is super important to support you through that journey of breaking down all of those emotional barriers that you might have buried inside of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is like the biggest thing when it comes to not even dieting, but changing your eating pattern to fit the lifestyle that you want to have. Mm -hmm. I think that's better, better phrasing of instead Mm -hmm. of using dieting, right? Because it is, that's what you want to do. You want to change your eating patterns to fit a different lifestyle or a different person that you want to be. And um, we always do all these things to like attract money and attract our body and attract this, but we don't do anything to like help with our mental health in terms of dieting. I feel like we push that to the side and don't see that the two correlate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even like you just hit on there, it's the concept of dieting in general. Like, do you want to go on a diet or do you want to change your life? At the end of the day. And is what you're doing something that is sustainable for the rest of your life? And that's why I think when it comes to dieting or making any kind of um, behavioral change, small steps are so important and not trying to 180 degree your lifestyle in one day, because that's a really, really quick recipe for, you know, falling head over heels really quick. And then winding up where you started all over again. Yeah. How do you feel when you get a client that comes to you and says, I just want to lose like X, Y, Z, like a poundage number? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with that because I've been there. Um, And there's a lot of emotion attached to that. There's shame. There is guilt. There is um, fear. Because typically when somebody says that to me, it's normally attached to a deadline, right? Mm -hmm. It's I'm going to XYZ's wedding this summer and I need to fit into a dress. And it's that panic moment of help me. (laughs) So there's a lot of emotion surrounding that. So I think it's really important to honor um, and hold space for the fact that that's coming up for the client, Um, but also be realistic Mm -hmm. Uh, because fat loss is not easy. Making lifestyle changes is not easy. And when we put so much pressure on ourselves, um, that can also, you know, cause a lot of stress that makes the journey that much harder. And so that conversation needs to be had. And then also just realistic expectations around what pounds mean, right? Like, do you want to lose weight or do you want to lose fat or do you want to gain muscle? Like, what do you actually want to do with your body? Yeah. Um, Because I think that's even such a um, over extrapolated concept is losing weight. And sometimes people can be so obsessed with the scale when realistically, actually what they want to do is they want to recomp their body. And so that means losing fat, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you're going to see a big change on the scale itself. No, people can do full body recomps and weigh the exact same and look completely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But as women, we're so hard on hard on ourselves that sometimes it can be hard to see that even when you put a photo right next to one another and you see yourself from six months ago and you go, wow, my body is totally different. But there is that little voice inside your head telling you, well, you didn't lose the 10 pounds that you wanted to lose. So you're a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think I've been there. And even um, I've had that because of 
preps come mm-hmm. up to where coaches won't actually look at your photos or they're not seeing you in person and they're just like, oh, well, the scale didn't move less calories, more cardio. And yeah. you're like, okay, so the photo evidence that I look better doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. only this number that could just mean water is the only thing that matters. <laughs> like what the fuck do you mean? Um, and then that, uh, this will kind of guide us into the next little part of this here. Like the effects of calorie restricting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> Not great is typically the answer there. Um, yeah. I mean, calorie restricting can be helpful because it can help you lose fat. It can help you get to the goal that you want to get to. Yeah. But it's what, what are the, what are the compromises and adaptations that your body are, is going to make yeah. um, to get you to that place when you calorie restrict? Yeah. And there's, there's a big difference between like restricting calories by like just being like below your maintenance or just like a couple hundred or this or that and like crashing into 700 to a thousand calories you know to get to a place where you think you need to be oh yeah I remember growing up um watching YouTube and seeing her name was Freely the banana girl have you ever heard of her no she's this girl on YouTube she only ate bananas and dates and she was like look at how lean I am she had this shredded body and as a young woman I saw that and went oh all I need to do is eat bananas <laughs> I literally just ate like five bananas for breakfast and then I would eat like five bananas for lunch. And at the end of the day, yeah, that's a lot of carbohydrates, but it's not a lot of calories, no protein, no no essential fatty acids. And I felt horrible. That's crazy. Yeah. It's funny. Even when I was, um, in terms of fad diets, I did the keto diet for Mm. a few years, but I would do like, I guess it'd be more so like a really crazy carb cycle Mm because I would do six days of crazy keto and then Mm. one day where I would do like full refeeds and carbs. Uh So it was, but mainly, mainly it was a keto diet. And Mm. honestly, when people see my transformation over the last five years, it was from keto diet Mm. and keto diet only and like pounding the calories, but like no carbohydrates at all Mm. and training very hard into now like 70% of my diet is carbs. Mm -hmm. How did that impact your energy when you started to introduce carbs into the mix on a daily basis? Honestly, at first I kind of felt weird. I'm not going to lie because the fat had so many fats and Mm -hmm. I felt like my fats were like my, my craziness, Mm -hmm. but I found my pumps in the gym were so much better. And now, now that I've been on like carbohydrate high diet, Mm -hmm. um, when I pull the carbs when I am in a prep or something or lower my carbs even a little bit, I notice a major effect on my body. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like my skin and everything is so much better now that I have like a very balanced diet with carbs, fats, and protein as Mm -hmm. compared to like just, just crazy high fats and Mm -hmm. like nothing else. Yeah. I mean, there's so many nutrients and carbs. When people tell me they're afraid of carbs, I'm like, no, (laughs) they're so great. Um, And when it comes to skin health, when it comes to energy, when it comes to supporting our thyroid, even, you know, like all the different B vitamins that you get um, from consuming different types of uh, vegetables and fruits, like so, so important um, as cofactors for all the enzymatic reactions that happen in your body. Um, I 
did the keto diet myself. I literally gave myself an egg allergy when I, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't say allergy sensitivity when I did it. Cause I was eating like six eggs a day and, uh, it was just easy. It was easy. I would eat uh, like, so easy. and coconut oil for breakfast yeah. and definitely not like the, um, best way to approach doing keto, but that was the little shock for me where I went, Oh, I, I overdid this. Like I do much better personally with balance. Yeah. 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 It was that the moment then that you found you're like, oh, I need to do a balanced approach. Or when was the moment that it like clicked for you that you were like, I need to do an, a balanced, a balanced approach to dieting and even exercise. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I did a two year diploma program uh, for holistic nutrition and that was my moment. It was two years. And I mean, I still think that I have moments where I go like, hmm, okay, rethink that behavior. How is that serving you? Um, so I definitely think that it's been a continuous journey for me, but going to school and actually really understanding what I was doing to my body when I was restri- restricting calories so much for such a long period of time and existing at a low body fat with no period with Mm. no energy. Um, it was that connection of, you know, your body looks a certain way, but you feel horrible to (laughs) actually understanding, (laughs) Oh, this is what you're doing to your body. And these are the long-term implications of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't like a one moment where I just went, Oh, this is it. It was a um, succession of many, many moments that taught me that I needed to treat myself with a little bit more love. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like mine was very similar where it was like, actually, I found that for me, it was more so the fitness. I always feel like my diet was kind of there. My process with food was always okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But during COVID, I didn't train like that whole year Mm because I was like, I don't want to train in our, like, we didn't really have a home gym or anything. I was like, I don't want to do bands. I don't do any of this shit. I was like so upset. And um, I noticed just like how miserable and depressed I was by like not working out. Mm -hmm. It was beyond crazy. Mm -hmm. And then when we finally moved here where the gyms were open and we could train and stuff again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never taking the gym for granted Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that is what makes it feel like such a privilege to be able to train and to eat healthy is because when something is taken away from you and it really throws a magnifying glass on the fact that it is so important for you to feel good, that actually I find really makes you appreciate it too. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the time that I actually did notice my food was I had good balance with my food when I lived in my house in Edmonton because I loved my kitchen. I loved Mm -hmm. my space. When we moved to Kelowna, we were in a basement suite for like those six months. Mm -hmm. And like, I just didn't want to cook in that space. Like I just could not bring myself to do it or like (laughs) I'd cook something good and the landlord would be like, oh, it smells good down there. And I like cringe. Like I was like, (laughs) But no, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm sharing a space with you. I hate yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so miserable. Okay. Um, so then when we finally moved um, into White Rock, I was like, OK, a bit more space. But I still did like the meal preps because I didn't like now that I love my space. If you have a relationship with food where you're just like, eh, mm-hmm. change up your environment. Mm-hmm. Like if you can, like give yourself cute little photos in your kitchen space or like give yourself a green plant in your kitchen space and like try and be by a window Mm -hmm. and you will like want to cook. 
your food and mm-hmm. eat it. Like I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even touching on the environment that speaks to how important the mental and emotional side of balance is like, you can't have one without the other. No. Even when I was going through my journey of understanding the implications of what calorie restriction and yo-yo dieting was doing to my body, a huge piece of that was also addressing the reason why I was doing it in the first place. And it was the way that I felt about myself and the self-talk that I had Mm -hmm. and, you know, giving recognition to the fact that at the core of it, I didn't like myself. And so it wasn't until I worked through that, that I was able to actually reach a place of finding balance within my life. Um, because it's never, it's never one or the other. Usually Mm. it's, it's mixed up and very intertwined with one another. I love that. Yeah. Oh, Sampy. <laughs> I I don't know. I love when people like share their stories and they're just so open and honest about mm-hmm. it too, because I think so many people um are also worried that it's only them going through this. Mm-hmm. Matt, if you think you're going through something, I guarantee, like almost a hundred percent guarantee a thousand plus other people are going through the same thing. Or if you have a question, a thousand other people are going to ask the exact same one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really hard on myself growing up. Like I was always, I consider myself the perfectionist, you know? Yeah. And, um, having that mindset, I never showed the things that I would consider a weakness. And it I was, was the exact same. Yeah. And like, once I started being real and being like, I struggle, <laughs> I'm not perfect. People came out of the woodwork being like, I've had the exact same experience as you. Oh my gosh, I relate to you so much more. I thought you were just this perfect person who had all their crap figured out. And when I started to be like, no, oh my gosh, I was hurting so much inside and actually put that on blast for people. Um, Yeah, so many people were just like, I resonate with that. Like, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's exactly why I started this podcast in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Is because like everyone has this, I like ideal and idea of me on Instagram. And mm-hmm. like, I'm very thankful. I've, I really do have a good life. I have amazing friends. I have amazing family, but I have gone through a lot of shit mm-hmm. and I've like had so many insecurities about myself that I felt like a platform like this, where I can voice and just talk about it and share mm-hmm. it. It has resonated with so many people and it makes me feel so good. Mm-hmm. To let other people know that other people are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and at the end of the day, like we can't save the world, you know, but if we can impact one person by sharing our story and just being real and being upfront about the fact that we're people. And even if, you know, like I look up to you so much, I look at everything that you've done and accomplished <laughs> and I go, like, oh, I fangirl, you know, but um, I also so respect the fact that you share your struggles and challenges that you've gone through. Um, and that's an example for me. Even even listening to your podcast, I go like, oh, Kendra goes through it too. <laughs> Everyone goes through it. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> um, I promise. I promise. Um, what else do I want to get into on here? I felt like that ended really sappy and I almost want to end this one how it is in a nice, cuddly, warm, fuzzy feeling note. And then we'll get into the second episode we're going to do with Chloe guys is all about the worst advice that you've ever been given in terms of fitness or the like hacks and fads that you've been told in fitness that are just like absolute BS, most of them. Um, so yeah, I'm going to end this one here and we're going to hop into the next one 
right away. So I'm going to link all of Chloe's details in the show notes. If you are looking for an amazing nutritionist, she is lovely. Um, Oh, actually, you know what? We're going to finish with (laughs) one thing. Um, Have you ever had, have you ever had a client because the fitness industry is so popping off still, literally, Mm -hmm. have you ever had people want to be your client just to like take your programs and take your ideas and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I have had, um, a couple of clients and that's why I tend to vet people a little bit more now where they've been part of like MLMs, for example. Mm. Um, and they have taken my program and we've worked together for like six months to a year and they've had this crazy transformation inside and out. And I'm feeling all these warm fuzzies. I'm like, yeah, I love this. It makes me so happy. And then, um, I see them advertise on their page that they got all the results from using their like MLM products. No. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you're literally just drinking flavored water. Um, and your, you know, shrink wrap is going to do nothing for you, but you know, that's life, right? It is. That is life. And honestly, that kind of relates into this topic too. It's like, you see so much stuff on the internet where they're like, if you take this, it's going to give you balance. If you take these supplements, they're going to do this for you. If you do this, it's going to do that. There is no one size fits all. Like we Mm -hmm. said earlier in the episode here, your journey is so specific and so catered to you. And it also takes so many different hands or so many, how, what is it? The hands in the pot or Mm -hmm. how many people in whatever. (laughs) But like, I find that like myself, I feel the best when I have, I have a trainer. I have someone to do this. I have someone to do this. Like it takes an army. There we go. Mm -hmm. To sometimes get you to feeling exactly how you want to feel. Yeah. And there is no magic pill. Like every single person is individual. Yes. And you know, the protocol that I might write for one client, I could have somebody come to me and they could have similar characteristics, but it doesn't mean they're getting the same protocol because, because of their emotional history, um, their metabolic history, everything going on in their life, Mm -hmm. they're completely different. So it's, it's a different path that you want to put them on. Right. Yeah, totally. Everyone is on a different path. Um, but yeah, if you've had a yo-yo dieting experience, or if you have that relationship with food that you're just not quite, I guess, happy with, you know, Mm -hmm. um, reach out. We've all been through it. Chloe and I have definitely been through it and we are definitely here to listen to anything. Our DMS are always open. So I will tag all of our info in the show notes and, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get into episode two with Chloe. It's going to be wild. I'll talk with my hands a lot. <laughs>